The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Welcome to the Public Safety Committee uh, for Tuesday, February 21st. We'll call the meeting to order here at 2.30. And uh, 
first item on our agenda today is an update from the Grand Rapids Fire Department regarding their cadet program, and we'll invite uh, Assistant Chief uh, Freeman up to the dais. Good morning. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. So, uh, long time in putting this together, right? Uh, first of all, I wanted to thank you all for your support in us getting started with this fire cadet program. As you know, when we talked originally, we had a disparity. We had a lot of people that were coming from suburbs, coming from other states, that were coming to apply for our fire department, but we didn't have young people especially and people right from our own community that were coming and, and being involved in this process. And that was because they were um, many times uh, exposed to the fire service through other means, part paid fire departments and such. We didn't have anything like that here in Grand Rapids. So what we wanted to do was start that fire cadet program and we started that back in October. And behind me, I have all six of our cadets. They made sure that they were gonna be here. This was an important event for them to be at. And uh, as you can see, we've got a nice diverse group of young people that have dug in big time in the last five, six months. And they are really um, doing very, very well. We've been able to teach them fire, um, skills and whatnot. We've been able to talk medical skills. They've got to learn CPR and we're going to continue their medical education uh, going forward. Uh, we've gotten them involved in some community events and we've got more that are coming up. Um, they've even got to do some of the mundane things that we do in the firehouse. They do some of those things right around um, um, their base of headquarters, which is 1823 South Division, the old in the image building. And uh, they have been uh, very—they've been really, really good job with us, um, uh, exhibiting the values that we have in the fire department. Honesty, integrity, loyalty, teamwork, excellence—we preach that to them every day, and they've been really great in following that. And I couldn't do it without uh, uh, one of our people that came off the street from suppression, Acting Lieutenant uh, Javon Welch. He's been uh, their day-to-day -day instructor, and uh, really. Um, honing them to be able to put in to uh, um, uh, apply for our fire department. So, um, and I'm happy to say that of the six that are up here, five have already applied for GRFD. And so they're in the process and working through that already, which was originally our goal, is to produce quality young people right from this community that want to be uh, involved in the, our fire department. So if you'd like me to introduce them, I can introduce them, or I can have them introduce themselves. Yeah, we'd love to get an introduction. Please, come on up here, introduce yourself, and maybe just take a few seconds yeah. and explain Tell what us. it is that you got in another program. That worked for you? That'd be wonderful. All right. Welcome. Hi, um, I'm Mackenzie Mungia. Um, not really too sure where to start. Um, I would like to thank you guys a lot uh, for this program. It's definitely opened up a lot of different doors um, for certain people that are joining um, to become a firefighter with Grand Rapids. Um, we get to see things a little bit differently than you know the average citizen. Um, so I would just really like to thank you guys. Um, did you guys have any questions for me? No. no. All right. Thank, thank you for being here. Hi, my name is Alexander Terry, and for me, the fire cadet program has been a great experience for me to like learn about the ins and outs of what it is to be a firefighter, um, some of the risks that um, they take, and also some of the great, great parts of the job. Um, we've just learned so many things, and I'm so grateful for this opportunity. So I thank you guys again. Great. Hi, my name is Thomas Brennan, um, and. Uh, it's been a great program so far. It's definitely, uh, we've learned so much, so much information. And I think a big thing that I learned that I've taken away is how big the fire department really is. You only hear about people fighting on the streets, fires, but there's so much more behind the scenes that 
you get to learn about through this program. So, thank you. Thank you. Hi, my name is Jerry Kula Mitchell. Um, I never really thought into being a firefighter until this program was presented. Um, I'm glad I was able to be a part of this program. It has taught me so much um, from right on the fire trucks to the day-to-day -day, um, duties that we have to do when we come in to work, the brotherhood that the fire department has. So I want to thank you guys for having me, give me the opportunity to be a part of this program. Thank you very much. Hello, my name is Ahmed Harold, and I'd like to thank you guys for this opportunity. The uh, cadet program really did help with learning the ins and outs about the fire department and also getting a lot of exposure, getting to know the people who are running it. So I'd like to thank you guys. My name is Cameron Rice. I go by Cammie. Um, I really enjoy being in this program and for the opportunity you've all graced us with by funding this program. I come from a family of first responders. My mother works for AMR as a paramedic and my father is a retired GRPD officer. And so being able to experience similar uh, occurrences to what they have uh, helps me understand a lot of what they were going through raising me. So having this opportunity personally to undergo it and understand it is a blessing to me, and I'm very thankful for everybody who has been assisting in, in funding this program. Very good. Thank you. How are you guys doing today? Great. I'm acting Lieutenant Javon Welch. I want to thank you a little differently. Um, I'm born and raised from Grand Rapids. Didn't get this type of exposure. Didn't have these type of opportunities. Didn't see anyone like this growing up. You guys are giving me the opportunity to give it to the next group. Thank you. Excellent. His passion was one of the reasons I was so glad to bring him on board. He worked with young people when he came in our apartment. I interviewed him. We hired him, and that was one of his passions, was working with young folks. So he's in his element now. He's enjoying working with them. They're enjoying working for him, and it's been a really, really great relationship. And like I said, we got five of the six. The six is, going, is coming uh, to apply for our department, and hopefully you see them on the streets coming up soon. Very good. Any questions? Colleagues, members, any questions for anyone? Uh, Dodd, Commissioner. I just want to say I'm excited to see all of you here today. I, I hope that your numbers increase. Um, Mr. Welch, you may not remember. I remember. I remember. Years ago. <laughs> uh, yay high. So listen, I'm, I'm excited to see you leading this. And it's a great opportunity for you to keep doing what you're doing. And there's more to come. Very good. City Manager. Thank you, um, Chief Freeman, and please uh, share my thanks to Chief Lehman for him um, being uh, the leader of the department, bringing this forward and uh, asking uh, the commission to consider this and uh, really following the footprint of GRPD with some of their um, uh, young workers in the department. I, I do want to also uh, commend you for this class, but also I had a chance to meet, and I mentioned this morning during the, the briefing, the uh, current recruit class. And there is a lot of diversity in that class. Several people of color, lots of gender diversity, and I want to commend the fire department for really um, 
building the pipeline for the future that incorporates diversity. And so that, that class, uh, I think of 19 or so, and almost half of uh, the class is, is uh, people of diverse background. So thank you. All right. Thank you all again for your support. All right. Thank you. All right. With that, we'll move on to uh, our second agenda item, and that's going to be an update from the Grand Rapids Police Department regarding the uh, strategic plan. We'll welcome uh, Chief Winstrom back to the podium. Thanks, Commissioner O'Connor and uh, Public Safety Committee. Uh, several of you uh, went through this PowerPoint already with me once. I'm going to go a little off script. Um, we'll just say it has been about a year. March 7th will, will be a year for me, and it's been a lot of support I've gotten from uh, um, the, uh, the commission, the members of the community, of course, uh, the police department. I'm really optimistic about the future of the police department, all the challenges that we've been through and the, uh, with all that, having said, the direction we're headed. And as you can see from the slides, I've been doing a lot, lot of listening, did a lot of listening the first few months I was here, and I haven't stopped listening. And, and uh, we're going to make that part of our, our culture. Um, <clears throat> As I said today, we want to be the gold standard in policing. Uh, we want to be the best, and the team wants to be the best, and it takes a lot of commitment, um, a lot of commitment to the uh, foundation of, the, of policing, which is, of course, the, the Constitution. Building trust, recruiting is our biggest challenge, as, as you all know. Um, of course, an excellent detective division seeking justice for victims um, nonstop. The passion that, that I feel they really get, um, you know, really emotionally involved in cases like I used to get when I was a detective. I've been really impressed by them um, doing incredible Im important work. So there's a lot a lot of words on this slide, uh, but I said trust. Everybody knows um, trust is a journey, not a destination. It's not something that, hey, we got trust, we got it. It's a commitment to always doing the things right, and we're going to keep on doing that. Um, consistently so we earn the trust of the people in Grand Rapids. You've heard it said, um, you know, staffing, especially with a diverse workforce, that's our biggest challenge. I think with the help that I've gotten from the city, from inside the department, from the community here, I think we're going to get there. Uh, best response to crime is to stop it before it starts. We're going to keep looking for innovative ways to, to partner with, with uh, those looking to prevent and reduce violent acts throughout the community. Communication is something that we haven't always been great on in the Grand Rapids Police Department and policing is a profession in general. We've taken steps to counteract that by being more accessible. We're going to keep it up. You've heard me talk a lot about the co-response team and uh, how proud I am of the work they've done, what they've done. I think uh, they may have updated me this morning at, for uh, the year 2023. They're all already up for 248 calls for service. 28 specific jail diversions, which means 28 times over the past couple months, the uh, police officer mental health, I mean, uh, MSW went out and encountered a situation where previously an arrest would have been made. In this case, that person was taken for appropriate mental health treatment to lead to a, a better solution. We would love to have that 24-7 in the future. We're going to keep evaluating how they're doing. Um, youth engagement, as I said this morning, we're doing everything can if anybody as people come to me with ideas we're going to do it we're starting up the youth advisory team um, i'm about to take over uh, as an honor take over as uh, chairman of the board for the grand rapids boys and girls club like to see more of engagement there the athletic programs youth police academy explorers um, 
like the fire department here, our intern program, we want to get that homegrown talent. We're being real intentional about going out everywhere we can, getting our police officers involved to use the connections that they have to uh, increase our staffing. Training, I, as I said this morning, um, I've heard throughout the city, de-escalate, we want de-escalation training. Um, that was one of the big ones. Uh, what I didn't mention this morning was a, was a story that I know it's working because uh, if you recall over the summer there was a shooting, four individuals were shot on Cesar E. Chavez. We reviewed all that video. In fact, we, we released a, a videotape of uh, the incident of how heroic the officers were going into while shots were still being fired. What I didn't tell you, or what you didn't see in that video before then was the, traffic's, the, the traffic incident was started there. There was a traffic crash with a stolen motor vehicle and uh, Officers went, and uh, I only saw this because I was watching all the video in, uh, involving that shooting. And uh, one of the drivers of that vehicle had forgotten his license, had forgotten all, all of his ID that day, and uh, everybody was stunned because it was a large traffic crash, so he wasn't quite thinking right. And he, had a, he had a gun tucked in his waistband. Ten years ago, 15 years ago, ten, you know, a year or two years ago, could have been completely different. To hear these officers talk to this individual as he was demanding, you know, you can't arrest me, you don't, while, while he had, had a gun there. And the way they worked to peacefully come to this conclusion was something that I was just blown away at how effective uh, they are, how patient they are, how, uh, how much they care about these individuals, how compassionate they are. Uh, I said this morning, I'll say it again, I don't think there's a police department that does it better. If there is, um, yeah, it, I don't think it exists. Efficiency and processes. Um, any, anything that we can possibly do to be, to be more efficient, we're, uh, we're very open-minded. The org chart, as I said today, it looks similar. One of the additions we've made, there's no longer a, a captain over special operations. That captain is now over training and engagement. That highlights how important those two things are as critical to our success. Awards, I won't go through all of them, but we have a very professional police department accredited. The uh, dispatch center is accredited. The forensic team is accredited. Um, just because she's on here, I'll give a shout out again to Kaylin Stevens, who received the Mad Officer of the Year Award um, and our phenomenal Explorer program. This is just an update. This isn't a whole brand new plan. We're still embracing all the work that was done that, that came before, and so much of this is, is, uh, is staying the same. The vision is the same. We want to be the safest city. We want to be the most trusted police department in the country. Priorities haven't changed. Safety, innovation, engagement, respond to calls for service, just the basics of policing. Engage with problem solving with the community. I know you've, you've all have probably heard me talk quite a bit about DICE. DICE is a long-term project to see who else can we get involved. What are the sort of uh, underlying causes of crime or uh, place-based issues going on that we can make an impact at, uh, on? And I'm so happy that the uh, other leaders in the city have gotten on board and to see uh, in the two dice zones who can make a positive impact. Strategic planning analysis and response to crime, not everything is a, is a long-term or chronic problem. Sometimes there's somebody out there that's stealing catalytic converters or sometimes there's a burglary pattern or something like that. Um, we're not gonna you know, write everything off to root causes. When there's a way to use our resources to efficiently tackle crime, we're gonna do it and we're gonna use this to hold our leaders and inside accountable for their actions. Safety, you can see we got a lot going on. Um, efforts to address root causes. We're big supporters of Cure Violence. I'm really happy. I know when I started, I asked internally, you know, who is our liaison to Cure Violence? And everybody kind of shrugged and said, we don't talk to them. That's all changed. We have a great relationship with, with Cure Violence. Uh, we don't 
you know, go door to door with them unless they want us to, but we talk to them on a regular basis. We, gave the, we give them as much information as we can so that they can do good work in their community. Obviously, the safe task force uh, with Deputy, Deputy Chief Reifenberg's retirement, Deputy Chief Joe Trigg has taken over that. We're going to stay involved in that as much as we're invited. Um, again, neighborhood associations, any other programs, even if it's something that the police department isn't right to solution to the crime, if it's something that myself or any mem other member of the police department can get up at a podium or stand by side by side with somebody and say, we support this, if it's good for the community, we're going to do it. Modern Rescue Vehicle, I just talked about the uh, SRT team. We sent eight, uh, a sergeant and seven officers to MSU during the tragic uh, events there recently. We sent our armored rescue vehicle. It's a very important piece of equipment. It's vital for uh, a police department our size. It's aging. Um, unmanned aerial systems, talked a little bit about drones this morning. It's something that I know we're going to have to talk with the community about to get it right, and we're excited to get there. Emergency Operations Center, you've probably seen, if you've seen down uh, at Art Prize the past few years, a big Winnebago-looking thing. It's very old. It's very outdated. Uh, we'd like to start looking to, uh, to replacing that. Alternative responses. I already spoke about the crisis response team. Um, online reporting. The more times you can uh, report a crime online where the offender may no longer be there, there's not an urgency to get a police officer there, the more efficient it is. Homeless outreach team, while we've backed off uh, having that many uniformed officers on there, we're not backing off supporting them and supporting the work that they're doing. Technological opportunities, we're working on updating our records management system, which will help in everything from uh, more efficient reporting to FOIA processing. Um, public safety cameras, there's grants out there available for uh, what are called flock cameras, which just uh, photograph license plate, excellent for helping solve crimes. 911 and uh, 988 efficiency, 988, of course, the mental health crisis line that we're now, uh, it's now gone live nationwide, and uh, we have a great relationship with them where they call us and we call them. Text to 911 is up and running about a month or so ago so that individuals who are deaf or hard of hearing or aren't in a position where they can use 911 on the phone are able to utilize. And of course, keep that uh, relationship up with the prosecutor's office and the OPA to coordinate both victim advocacy and restorative justice program. Talked a lot about <clears throat> our training and engagement unit. They're, they're, uh, they're in charge of recruiting. And um, that's our biggest challenge this year. They are doing uh, a phenomenal job, and we're doing everything we can. Uh, mostly the phenomenal job, really, is because this body, the uh, city commission, uh, recognized the need next year as the staffing challenges nationwide in policing were such that we're able to get an outside firm coming in that's up and running now, setting up interviews to get our marketing and uh, social media campaign going. Uh, increased trust through communication and transparency. I've been told by uh, some reporters, some that stopped me out in the hall, that I've done uh, more interviews since I've been here in the 11 months of my past two predecessors combined. No, that's not a reflection on them. I think it's a, it's a sign of just how busy we've been and how much has been going on in the past 11 months. But I want to always be um, that transparent with the community, with the media, and with you. Again, we're being real intentional about having everybody with a stake of the game in the police department. We all want great coworkers to work with. And what I mentioned this morning, we have a lot of former athletes, and those former athletes who are not police officers are traveling out to their old, uh, you know, talking to old coaches and uh, bringing recruits in. <clears throat> Plan calls for continued cooperation with OPA. 
we have our live police metrics dashboard that we make sure is updated at least once a quarter, but so far we've been able to do it every month, um, keeping up the police chief advisory team, the youth advisory team, through policy, through training, through accountability, maintaining a guardian culture and uh, constitutional policing. Implementation, being held accountable. We love Invisio. We're going to be updating it on a regular basis. Thanks, Joel. I don't know what is the humidity today. Thank you, sir. And I'll be before this body every month to give crime updates, to give updates on things going on in the police department. Our police dashboard's publicly available as is a crime map. map. And as I said, we get, uh, you know, we are held accountable on a daily basis, sometimes, sometimes many times on a daily basis. We get calls from the media, try and be as responsive as possible. We'll keep that up. I appreciate your time, and I'm happy to answer any questions. Sorry for those of you who had to listen to me talk with a terrible voice twice in one day. <laughs> Thank you, Chief. Uh, <clears throat> colleagues, uh, anybody have any questions for the Chief uh, or any of our public members? Oh, Commissioner Isasi. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, thanks for the presentation. I believe that stat about the interviews. Because my mom's always like, the chief is on TV. <laughs> they want to talk to him more than us. But um, So thank you for that. And I would say, um, thinking back to those early March meetings, um, I know you accepted every invite that I extended to you, so um, thank you. I know we talked a little bit about that. Time goes very fast, and so I appreciate your service to the city. Thank you, Commissioner. Um, I had one, uh, two quick questions. One is... For the hot team, what is that number now? I know we kind of had some updates about um, in terms of the support um, from the PD. And then my other question, I think these are two quick ones. Um, I didn't get to ask this earlier, but with the CALEA certification, I remember last time, how often does it happen? Four years. Four years, okay. So I think the last time I remember, I probably wasn't on commission yet, but I think there was some feedback about the public um, like how the public can respond to like the CALEA certification and some individuals feeling like there wasn't as good outreach to let people know that the CALEA certification review was happening. I don't know, some of you are shaking your head. I, rem I remember either feeling that or seeing that. So if you could share what that recertification process, I know it's obviously internal, but what does it look like for individuals to provide feedback? In regards to the hot team, uh, uh, until uh, the beginning of March, there will remain four individuals on the hot team. Uh, Come March, there will be one full-time individual in the hard team. That'll be Sergeant Wachowski will still be assigned to that. The other three individuals will be assigned to patrol. However, the agreement is if they need a police officer for any reason, of course, we're not going to abandon them. We'll be there if there's any sort of dangerous situation. We can go with them, uh, you know, whenever they call. So make those arrangements. We just won't be embedded with them full-time. Regarding college certification, it's just starting up. They're right now doing the web-based assessment. I know actually as of, um, it might actually be as of today or yesterday, um, on our uh, public-facing website, there there's a portal for, for this. I don't think we've done any uh, advertising or any, anything for it, but I think both CALEA and uh, we, it's changed a lot. I, I was in uh, research and development running CALEA back uh, in Chicago years ago, but I know they've, they've increased their public outreach. I know there is currently up today a uh, public email available. Um, I don't know what else I would have to ask uh, my CALEA coordinator, Lieutenant Forner, for more specifics on that. It's just getting ramped up. I'm sure I'll get educated on it very soon. Mm -hmm. okay. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Commissioner. Very good. Any additional questions or comments? 
Yeah, thank you, Chief, for uh, the work on on this plan. You and your your team, as well as uh, Ms. Sutter, on the uh, engagement efforts. Perhaps um, we could either put on the city's website or certainly your departmental um, Facebook uh, social media pages ways that the public can engage. I, I heard you said that was available. That's good. I, I do remember. Uh, the comments Commissioner Sassi was uh, referring to. And then uh, lastly this morning, there were questions about um, ensuring that we have other ways to respond versus just deploying um, officers to the scene of a call. And we spoke about potential um, technology and assisting in, in, in response. And uh, what I recall your comments this morning was that uh, perhaps as soon as next month, are so being able to bring forth uh, some recommendations regarding uh, unmanned aerial um, technology, UAS. Right. <laughs> 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 systems. Systems, vehicles, yeah. yes. Uh, and so uh, I I'm, I'm wanted to make the Public Safety Committee aware of that future discussion, and I know we have a surveillance policy that uh, I think community members, NWCP and Office of uh, public accountability helped us with, and I think that's part of the, the process, bringing it forth to public safety. So I look forward to, to that conversation. Very good, sir. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Chief, for that update. Appreciate it, sir. We'll move on to our third and final agenda item, and that's an update on public education and engagement regarding services and programs for unhoused members of our community. Well, welcome, uh, Deputy Chief Behrens. Thank you. Uh, hold on. Sorry. I don't know how to make this thing. I will be quick. Um, just wanted to give a quick update to this committee. We were here uh, two weeks ago kind of reporting out on a number of initiatives that combined had been referred to this committee to help the commission conclude whether we do have all of the right pieces in place to respond to uh, sort of the, the confluence of things that we're seeing downtown uh, that, that we're leading to some advocacy for additional code and uh, ordinance enforcement. So we were here uh, last time and I outlined some things that the city had committed to do uh, since December. I'm not gonna belabor these. We also had Courtney Myers-Keaton from the Continuum of Care who described kind of the scope of work of that organization, which is on the screen and we are working with um, her to get a better understanding of the particular work products under each of these areas over the, about the course of the next year. We also heard from Eureka people from Housing Kent about their initiatives over the next year. Um, and then um, finally, we talked about uh, public engagement that could be hosted by this committee and sort of looking at all of those things together, putting the committee in a position to conclude or provide some feedback to the full commission about, yes, with all of these things together, we think we're on the right course or we think, you know, adjustment in this way, add a little bit of work here, prioritize differently here. So I uh, just wanted to briefly talk about the public engagement. Um, we are working with the National Civic League um, and are now uh, you should be hearing from or are about to hear from a scheduler about what dates you may be available to attend some public meetings with National Civic League facilitating conversations around, uh, around tables. Um, and so they'll have some questions to ask those stakeholders that attend those meetings about um, 
um, safety, what goes into feeling safe and being safe, what, you know, sort of what does the government bring to bear on that, but what do individuals bring to bear on that as well? What are things that um, we could all do together to enhance that feeling of safety? Um, so we are planning a couple of, of evening events to have stakeholders come and join us. We're also talking to some of our partners, um, particularly public service uh, providers, about whether they could use the same format and get feedback from um, our residents that are living in shelters or that are getting public services downtown so that the committee gets the full view of what safety means to people and how all of the stakeholders um, downtown and in some of our other areas are feeling about safety and, and what feels unsafe. Um, so that effort continues underway. Um, we're looking for the week of the 13th of March-ish, um, depending on availability, of course. Um, each of those night meetings would be facilitated by the National Civic League. Uh, we would likely start with sort of an overarching presentation just to ground everyone. There would be small group conversations and then a report out out, we would digest that information and bring it back to the committee um, once we're able to. Um, so we would not need all the full committee to be there, but we're hoping that at least some of you can attend a couple of the event or one of the events that, the, that you're there. Um, so with that, that was just the quick update I wanted to provide today. If you have any questions, let me know. Colleagues, any questions, comments? Commissioner Isasi. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, I just wanted to highlight that um, Housing Kent is having an event next week, Monday, I think, at the Chamber of Commerce. And I think it's fairly public. Um, I got an invite, so I don't get all the fancy invites like city manager. Um, so um, if people did want to hear more about Housing Kent, obviously it's not, it's a, it's not something, um, you know, it's one of the pieces here, but I intend to, to try to go to that. So just wanted to bring it up to the committee. Thank you. Any additional questions or comments? I think um, maybe this is a good time. I just, uh, you know, we got some feedback about well, why did this conversation end up at the Public Safety Committee? And maybe there could be a little bit of a framing of, you know, the structure of the the committees that we have and why this seemed to be a great, a, a good place to drop it, you know, drop, have this conversation live for the foreseeable future. And as we kind of navigate through these, uh, these waters, you know, a lot of inter interrelated issues here, but I think that maybe the city manager just take a second to, to kind of frame that. Sure. Uh, when, when some of the issues, um, surface we categorized it as to you know there were safety issues there were issues that obviously need to be addressed with mental health and behavioral health um, support and there's also housing issues and so as we were discussing what committee um, best could take time to look into the issues related uh, to both safety uh, mental behavioral health connected to the in-house uh, community. We thought of public safety because we don't have a public health committee, but we do have a public safety committee. And um, our view of public safety that is that this is bigger than just law enforcement. We look at public, what does it take to be safe? And it's not just first responders. And so even the concept of public safety has to uh, evolve and and I think we're we're experiencing evolution of the role of the public safety committee, and so we are trying to include not only the 
first responders within the city or the Office of Oversight, but also our community partners to help us look into this matter. And I've also asked uh, those that are on the Committee of Appointments as they look for future members uh, for the Public Safety Committee, look for people who have a background in um, public health and, and health in general to help us with these conversations. Thank you, City Manager. All right, any additional comments or questions? Uh, Mr. Fan. Yes, I was not here at that meeting, but I did watch it on um, YouTube, and it was very impressive, the information that uh, has been put together in a relatively short period of time. Um, and I want to reassert uh, the, the importance of going public with this because there's a lot of information there and some new concepts in terms of how this is going to be structured going forward. So I appreciate that from the committee. Thank you, sir. And I know we asked that was, that was the longest public safety meeting I think we've ever had. And I, I felt like we could have, we probably could have asked questions for another hour or two at, at that point in time. So I, I, I too appreciate the conversation we had. And you know, I, I'm I'm very hopeful that this conversation continues to live in this committee, and we continue to you know have updates and continue to talk about it. And and I you know feel like there's there's action that's going to result as a uh, this work continues ongoing. All right. With that, we can adjourn this committee at 3:02. Thank you, everyone.